Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. The new Mrs. Bill Mead, formerly Peggy Douglas, Mead, formerly Peggy Douglas, woke up suddenly this morning. For a moment after she opened her eyes, the young girl was puzzled. Sun was shining through the crisp, but it wasn't her room in Aunt Mary's house, the room where she'd been sleeping since she was a little girl. Somewhere, a man was singing, and there was a sound of water running. All of a sudden, Peggy remembered. It was Bill's voice, happily yelping a popular song while he took a shower. She was married. The young girl got out of bed in one bound, hurriedly slipped into her brand-new negligee, the one she'd bought for her trousseau. And now, some 20 minutes later, Bill watches his bride from the kitchen door as she squeezes the orange juice. Oh, gosh, I'm a lucky guy. A wife who makes biscuits for breakfast. Oh, don't be too sure. Wait till we see how they turn out. <laughs> Well, the way I feel, darling, you could feed me little round pieces of cardboard and I'd never know the difference. <laughs> That's a comforting thing to know. Hey, Mrs. Mead. Yes, darling? <laughs> Nothing. I just like the way it sounds. <laughs> Bill, you're such a dope. Oh, you just think so because you love me. Hey, by the way, you still do, I trust. I haven't checked up for the day yet. I love you, I love you, I love you. Well, that ought to hold me until after breakfast. Uh, I'll call you at hourly intervals during the day to find out how I'm doing. It's a wonderful idea, except we have no telephone, remember? <laughs> I'd be running back and forth to Aunt Mary's all day. Hey, uh, come to think of it, have we had any visitors so far this morning? Not a one. I'm kind of surprised. Expected Lefty to be rapping on the front door first thing. No, everything's been quiet, just as if we were miles away. You know, Bill, we joke about it a lot, but Lefty's really very sensitive. He understands we want a certain amount of privacy. Oh, sure. I was just kidding. Sometimes he does get all hopped up about a new idea and rushes in where angels fear to tread. But that's just Lefty's way. He's so enthusiastic. He forgets. Oh, I don't blame him, sweetheart. Naturally, he likes the idea of having you nearby. And besides, you'll have Aunt Mary in case you ever get lonesome while I'm at work. Well, in lots of ways, it'll be very convenient for us. Oh, yes. In fact, I'm afraid we're going to be spoiled. <laughs> for instance, somebody brought down a quart of milk in the morning paper already before we got up. I found them on the front porch. <laughs> Probably Lefty. I guess so. That's what I mean, Bill. It was very thoughtful of him. He always reads it first thing, so he probably thought you were the same way. Well, I am, usually. But, um, this morning I have better things to do. <laughs> Darling, I don't mind. Why don't you go in the living room and settle down? You're supposed to read the paper while I make breakfast. Uh -uh. I'd rather talk to you. I'll tell you what. I'll get it and read you the choicest items out loud. Where'd you hide it? Oh, it's right there on the table. If it were a snake, it'd bite you. <laughs> It's funny. I can look right at a thing and not sit here. Randy's the same way. Well, let's see what goes on. You want to start with the funnies, the society column, or the news? Mm, I don't care. The news, I think. Okay. I hear something about the new housing project near where the auto court used to be. Hey, they even give David a plug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mr. David Bowman is largely responsible for the success of the undertaking, thanks to his generosity in helping to finance the settlement, which is to be made available to all veterans. Oh, that's nice. Bill, here's your orange juice. Thanks, sweetheart. Hey, here's all the stuff about our wedding, sweetheart. Let's see, Bill. <laughs> Darling, you're famous. Look, they turned over the whole society page to you. <laughs> Why, they really did. Hey, your picture looks wonderful. Oh, it's awfully good of you, but I look kind of dopey. You do not. Did you notice Georgie Stewart yesterday gathering his material? He was at the reception, you know. Well, I guess I missed him. Well, Aunt Mary said he kept pestering her to describe my wedding gown and what the bridesmaids were wearing and so on. He prides himself on being accurate about fashion items. <laughs> <laughs> he must have had a field day. He's a funny little guy. <laughs> I think Georgie considers himself the local Lucius Beebe. <laughs> <laughs> he sure does. 
Well, anyway, we'll save this paper to show our grandchildren. That's certainly looking into the future. Yeah, doggone right. <laughs> I guess that's about all there is. Good Lord. Bill, what's the matter? There's something here about... Oh, but I can't believe it. I can't believe they'd be so crazy. What are you talking about? Who's crazy? It's about Kit. Kit? They've indicted her for perjury. Oh. Oh, that darn fools. They could just as well have waited a little longer. I guess I don't understand, Bill. You seem to think they shouldn't try Kit. I do. The district attorney ought to know she's not well enough to be put on trial. Not yet. But didn't Randy say she's practically recovered? And after all, Bill, Kit did commit perjury. She has to answer for it eventually. Well, I know, darling, but not now, when she's just beginning to be herself again. Why, it might ruin everything. If it were dangerous to Kit's health, wouldn't Dr. Larrabee have explained that to the district attorney? So it must mean the doctor thinks she's well enough. Oh, I doubt it, Peggy. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Craig simply decided to ignore the doctor's recommendation. It doesn't sound reasonable to me. I'm sure nobody would want to take such a responsibility unless they were pretty sure Kit's health wouldn't suffer. Please, don't think I'm being callous, darling. I don't wish Kit any harm. I think she suffered very much for everything she did. But just the same. Well, I... I don't expect you to think of her as a bosom friend, sweetheart. And yet I can't help feeling sorry for the girl. You see, I believe that Kit's trying awfully hard to become a better person. I know that from having talked to her the other day. I think Randy's had a very good effect on her. Maybe it's easier for the rest of you. Maybe I'm being unreasonable. But somehow, no matter how hard I try, I can't feel warm toward her, Bill. I, I just can't, that's all. Well, don't worry about it, darling. I understand. Seems as if whenever things start going along smoothly in this family, all of a sudden, bang, we all get into an uproar about something Kit Calvert's done or something that happened to her. And right now, the very first day we're married... Oh, you just forget it, sweetheart. We won't talk about it anymore. As far as we're concerned, Kit Calvert will be a dead issue. But Bill's promise, intended to reassure his bride, may be a difficult one to keep. And there are other people in Wakefield this morning who have Kit Calvert on their minds, or even on their conscience. One of these, Brett Cameron, has just arrived at the home of Kit's father. He is admitted by Jesse, who wonders nervously why he has risked coming there. Good morning, Jesse. Is uh, Ben at home? You know he never is at this time of day. All the better. Darling, don't look so alarmed. I've come on a very legitimate errand. Such as? I want to borrow some money from your husband. You're joking. No, no, really. This confounded income of mine simply won't stretch to meet my needs. I need some money to tide me over until... Well, until my financial situation improves. I'm sure Ben won't refuse. Your husband and I get along remarkably well, you know. Yes, of course. You're so clever, Brett. But if you're serious, why didn't you go straight to Ben's office? I thought it gave me such a nice excuse for dropping in on you first. Besides, Jesse, there's something I wanted to tell you about your charming stepdaughter. Well, you saw the papers this morning. Yes, the indictment. Very satisfactory. And that's what gave me this idea. Now that everything's going as we planned, Kit's being tried and so on, it occurred to me we might be wise to take a few precautions. Well, against what, for heaven's sake? There's no reason why people would suspect us of having anything to do with her being indicted or, well, or anything else that may happen. Well, perhaps not. Still, it won't be... Hurting to be on the safe side. Well, if you talk like that, you'll make me nervous again, and I, I'm just beginning to feel secure. Now, don't go off on one of your tangents, Jesse. I have just one simple suggestion to make. Well, what is it? 
Well, Ben should be changing his will any day now. And I thought it might be wise for you to persuade him not to cut the girl off entirely. You mean I should ask him to leave Kit something? Just a small sum, $1,000 or so. As a token, more or less. But a token of what? In case anyone happened to get the foolish idea you'd had anything to do with their estrangement. Even if he just leaves her a little money, it'd look better. Well, I'm surprised, Brett. The way you've talked lately, I wouldn't have thought you'd be willing to give up even a thousand of Ben's money. Jesse, darling, you misjudge me. There's no sense in being greedy. Besides, it's only practical to exercise a little restraint. If Ben leaves Kit a little something, well, we can consider it an investment, darling. One that will help ensure our personal safety. Brett sounded as he usually did, confident and cheerfully unscrupulous. But somehow, Jesse felt uneasy again. Perhaps Brett was too sure. Could they be certain no suspicion would fall on them once their plan became an actuality? She shuddered a little. What if they slipped up somewhere? What if anything went wrong? Then Jesse would have risked everything. Then Jesse would have risked everything and gained nothing. <laughs> 